Blog Talk Radio.
Welcome, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. This is T-Love, your host here at Energy Awareness Radio. I am a certified reconnective healing practitioner, sound therapist, and positive psychology practitioner with a private practice in Sussex County, New Jersey, where Energy Awareness Radio streams to you live each and every week. Our chat room is open, so feel free to join the discussion that's already happening online. We do keep an eye on the chat room, so if you have a question, go ahead and post it, and we will do our very best to get your question on the air. As an alternative, for those of you who are on the go and you cannot continue to listen online, you can call us directly by dialing 347-202-0227, and that way you can listen via phone, or please be sure to use your Bluetooth if you are driving about. Today's sponsor is Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. With Audible.com, you can listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want, and you can get a free book when you sign up for a 30-day trial at audibletrial.com slash energyawareness. Do you believe in the afterlife? It's real, and we're going to be talking about how real it is with my guest, Annie Kagan, author of The Afterlife of Billy Fingers, How My Bad Boy Brother Proved to Me There's Life After Death. Now, when Annie was about 16 years old, she signed with a producer from Columbia Records, and after 10 years of performing her songs in New York City clubs, she returned to college and became a chiropractor with a private practice in Manhattan. Following a chance meeting with a spiritual teacher from the East, she began an intense meditation practice that eventually led her to leave her career as a doctor and her hectic city life in search of serenity. And she moved to a small house by the bay on the tip of Long Island, and she returned to songwriting, collaborating with Grammy and Emmy Award-winning producer Brian Keene. Now, when her brother Billy died unexpectedly and began speaking to her from the afterlife, her future took a surprising turn. She recorded her conversations with Billy from the other side, and she published them in her debut book, The Afterlife of Billy Fingers. And I'm going to play another song right now for just a moment. I can't find my author. Gina, you there?
everyone, I was really hoping that the author would call in while I played that song for you, but she has not, and I cannot seem to locate her or her publicist, so unfortunately, we have no one to talk to about this book. The name of the book is The Afterlife of Billy Fingers, How My Bad Boy Brother Proved to Me There's Life After Death. This is really quite an interesting story for someone who lost her brother so suddenly and truly, they had such a, 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 a very different relationship. You know, it was, it was good when they were young, and then it was, mm, they weren't really in contact with each other. Things were going awry. And he passed away, and she was able to communicate with him. And I have so many questions about this, because although I do believe that, you know, 
we don't just leave here and that's it, become bug food or insect food. I really don't believe that. I think that there's a lot more to this life. And I would like to say that knowing what I read, there wasn't anything that was really a surprise. However, I think for people who perhaps, you know, aren't really into this and haven't been working on themselves, this could be really enlightening for someone because if you're skeptical, it's going to validate a lot. There were so many things that were synchronistic and, you know, there are no such things as coincidences. Everything happens for a reason. And sometimes when synchronous things happen after someone has passed away, and it can be years later when you think, when you hear a song on the radio and you think of a person, they truly are with you at that moment. So, so many of these things came up in very unique ways. He would give his sister information and say to her, this is going to happen, and say, say this to the person when you meet them. And then she would say it, and the person would give her a story based around whatever the verbiage was that he gave her to say. So there was a lot of things that he was teaching her. I would say if you have the opportunity to go out and check out this book, go to Amazon.com, check out the book, The Afterlife of Billy Fingers by Annie Kagan, K-A-G-A-N. Excellent book. It would really make a good Christmas gift or Hanukkah gift or Kwanzaa gift or any kind of holiday gift, birthday present. It doesn't matter. It's very interesting, especially if someone you know has passed or has someone that they love who has passed. So if that's something that, you know, you were tuning in tonight to listen to this and hear all about this book and what was going on, It's really a quick read. It's about 200 pages, but it goes so fast and you truly want more. And you do. There were a couple of places that truly resonated with me because Billy, the the deceased brother, was talking to Annie, the author, his sister, about sound and what it is like on the other side. And that resonated so much with me because he was talking about frequencies and sound waves and being a sound therapist and playing quartz crystal singing bowls for healing purposes on my clients, it made made a difference. I understood what he was saying. I could almost feel the words. So if you have the opportunity, there are so many places where other people I know who have read this book resonated with certain things and understood things and answered questions for them. It's really a great book to read. It's a quick read. You can probably, I'm not sure about this, but you can probably download it and get an, uh, an e-reader version, a Kindle version, and read it that way if you like. Very, very quick read, but very, mm, very peaceful. Very, it's, it's soothing because you learn so much. And it takes away any fear, I would think, that anyone would have upon going into the next life. I had a boatload of questions for this author, and I'm so sorry that she's not here to join us tonight. And I thank all of you for tuning in to the show, as you do every single week. I appreciate that so very much. The holidays are upon us, and things can become confusing, and it could have been a mix-up in communication. I don't really know. We will try to get her back. I don't know when we'll be able to do that. There's potential for me to pre-record a show, which means I couldn't take questions, but I could play it at another time. And we can see if we can make that happen for you. So with that, her not being here, I apologize once again. On behalf of everyone here at Energy Awareness Radio, I want to thank you all for tuning in to hear the show tonight. And go ahead and get out your calendar and make a note so that you know that next week you can tune in and 
that author will be here. For more information about me, please visit my website, quantumwellness.org. You'll find an archive list of past shows, a lineup for upcoming shows, as well as information about other upcoming events I'll be hosting throughout the year, including upcoming Quartz Crystal Singing Bowl concerts. Now, there aren't any right now scheduled to the end of the year because of the holidays. However, there will be one at the end of January, so do check that out. Imagine is my CD of Quartz Crystal Singing Bowl Healing Music, and that is available on my website. I also have a new CD, The Healing Sounds of Christmas, which was released on October 1st, and that's now available on my site as well. This particular CD contains 26 traditional Christmas carols, and they're played in a non-traditional way because the instrument is a quartz crystal harp, and that is a new instrument. It's actually patent pending. And so you have to play the songs very slowly, draw out the notes. You'll recognize them, but they won't be as upbeat as you probably normally are accustomed to. And, you know, as I said, it's a quartz, quartz crystal harp, brand new instrument, patent pending. There's only about five of us in the world who own this instrument, and I believe this is the first CD of this type, Healing Music from a Quartz Crystal Harp, that's available. So go ahead and go to my website, quantumwellness.org, and check that out and see if that's something that you would like for yourself or to gift to someone this holiday season. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at NRG Aware Radio. That's at NRG Aware Radio. I am your host here. Well, hold on for one moment, if you don't mind. <laughs> Let me play another song for you. This may be the author now. Hold on.
Okay, so if you hold on for just one more minute, people, I'm going to check one call to see if this is. Hi. Hi, Annie. Annie's on the line, people. We have our author. Yay! I know it's a busy time. Yay! I'm so sorry. There was a mix-up. That's quite all right. It's a heck of a time. All's well that ends well, right? You're in New York, right? Excuse me? Are you in New York? I am in New York. Yeah, see, and I'm in New Jersey. We've had, uh, we're going to blame this on the nor'easters that we've had this week. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's blame it on something. (laughs) Yeah. Now, I just read your introduction, and and I won't read it again because people, they've already heard it. (laughs) Oh, that's good. That's good. But I have a boatload of questions for you. I loved your book. First of all, it's a very quick read, as I was explaining to the the listeners uh, prior to your coming on. It's a very quick read, but it's very good, and a lot of the book, although it made total, complete and total sense to me because I believe in all of this, I, I, you know, I'm intuitive myself, all of that stuff. The people I know who have read it who are also of the same ilk felt the same way. But it's funny, you know, you, you read it and you want more, you want to hear more. There were a couple of things, though, that I thought, okay, I did not know that. So I'd like to just ask a couple of questions. The first one was I gave them a little bit of background about you and how you started out as a songwriter and you had a recording uh, contract for 10 years from the time you were 16 years old and then you went into being a chiropractor and then your life turned around with the passing of your brother. So... I'm going to hand it to you and say, why don't you present the way that you would like to, just in case I mess something up that neither one of us know. (laughs) Okay, well, actually, um, without really planning it or knowing it, my life kind of steered me in a direction that made me wind up writing this book. So when I was very young, I was a musician, And when you're writing music, you're working with really invisible energy. So then when the music business started to drive me insane, I I became a chiropractor. And um, you're also dealing with energy, energy in the body. But what really happened was after maybe 10 years as a chiropractor, I, I became too affected by my by my patients and a lot of people who do energy work or body work or massage can relate to this and in order to remedy the situation i decided to learn to meditate and to my surprise instead of making being a chiropractor easier it actually all became more difficult because my meditation made me more and more sensitive that's when I took the crazy, wild step of leaving my practice, leaving my New York City life, going in to live by, by the bay in a small house, having no idea what I was going to do with my life. Um, and I kind of went back to writing music. And then my brother showed up for a while, and then my brother died. And the next thing I knew... Um, he was talking to me from the other side, and we were writing a book together, crazy as that sounds. Not at all. He was back. <laughs> he was back. He certainly was. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, that's pretty much what I gave them from from the the introduction was to give them a little bit of that background about how you had gone from one thing to another, songwriting to chiropractic, which of course is a natural flow. <laughs> which is what? <laughs> a natural flow. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it's interesting that you should talk about the music aspect because as I was reading the book and I got to one section where he was talking about the sound and how the music was different over there than it is here and how the, the frequencies. I'm a sound therapist. I'm an energy worker, an energy therapist, a sound therapist, and a positive psychology practitioner. So I have a private practice in New Jersey. I play quartz crystal singing bowls for a living. I work on people, everything from they're a little bit stressed or they have insomnia all the way up to hospice care. When I was reading that part, I cannot even tell you how much that resonated with me because I understood completely how the sound is different. It's not based on the diatonic scale. My bowls are based on the solfagio scale. And when he talked about the different notes and what it did to him, I thought, oh, my gosh, this is what happens. This is exactly what happens. It probably is not the same as, as the beautiful music that's on the other side, but I bet it's a step to getting there. And I just thought that that was amazing that he started to bring that in. When he started to talk to you about the music, did you resonate with it or feel anything about that? Well, what was really remarkable for me was two times when he spoke about music on the other side, um, he was describing it, and then he said to me, you know, just like Sibelius' swan music. And I had never, ever listened to Sibelius in my entire life, nor did I know that there was such a thing as his swan music. So um, for the listeners who, who are not familiar with the book, the book is not just a conversation that I'm having with my brother from the other side where he goes through the deepest levels of the afterlife, but he also proves to me by giving me evidence of things that I couldn't possibly know that it's not my imagination because I took this whole thing really seriously. And um, I had to be sure that I wasn't just imagining this before I was willing to put this information into the world. So when he said, you know, Sibelius swan music, and and I looked it up, and there was something called the swan of Tuonela, and it was exactly as he described it. It completely gave me the chills from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet because mm. I knew there was no way I could make that up. So... He, he used music um, to prove to me that I wasn't imagining his voice. And that was really, really significant. He used a lot of things to prove to you <laughs> that it wasn't just something that you were making up. And it wasn't. And I'll ask you did you believe in the afterlife? Prior to your brother's passing, had you ever thought about it? Had you ever gone down that road at all to think what happens? Well, it's very, very funny because in a, in, in a way, again, my life prepared me without my knowing it. I didn't really think very much about death, but I was brought up in a house where we talked about death a lot because my father's parents died very young and he thought he was going to die young, so he was always preparing me for his death. 
like every day. And on top of it, he was oh like God. a hypo. He was a hypochondriac on top of it. So you know, it was always like it's going to be good when you die, and you know, I'm going to build you a swimming pool, and you know, so it wasn't hidden like most houses. They don't talk about that. It's like hidden in the corner, but. Not in my house. And then the other really fascinating thing is that my father always told me that he spoke to his dead mother and father. And I thought he meant in his head, like, oh, my mother would say this or my father would say that. And now I know, like, he really meant it. So somehow this this runs in our family. So death was never something that I was you know, that was tucked away in the corner. But I really didn't think about what happened after you die. I think if I thought anything, I thought, oh, well, you know, I'd probably become part of all that is, but it, it won't matter because I won't really know it. So it'll be just fine and I'll be in bliss and I, it won't, it'll be just fine. But never did I ever imagine all the detail that, you know, Billy gives us in his guided tour. It, it really is very detailed. It's very detailed for you. And the fact that he knew it needed to be a book and in his life he wanted to be an author. And he was preparing for Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. my God. Not his whole life, but, okay, so one of the proofs or one of the things that he did was very early on he said to me, you got to find my car because there are things in my car that I want you to have. And I was in New York. He was in Florida. I didn't really know even at that point that he had a car. So he told me to go to his wallet, which I now had in my possession. And when I looked, he told me to look through the cards. And when I found a card from a Mercedes dealer, he said, bingo. And I called, and they had my brother's car. And I asked, please, that, that that my brother had crashed. And I asked them, please, to send me this stuff from the car. And one of the amazing things that they sent me, and it took about nine months to get that stuff, long story, but were his journals. And in his journals, he says, like, I really want to be – an author and help people and write a spiritual book and make them laugh, which this book does because really it's a book about death, but it has tons of humor in it. And, um, and then who thought he would do it after he died? I mean, you know, that was just another amazing coincidence that couldn't be a coincidence. Yeah, there were too many of those coincidences that aren't coincidences. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's just not possible. It just who could? You know, sometimes people are really skeptical, and I really don't mind when people are skeptical because if it wasn't my book and if it wasn't my experience, I would be skeptical. But I look at them and I say, you know, read the book and then just think, who could really make this up? Because it's such a crazy story. You know, like who could think of these things? I certainly couldn't. And no. I certainly could not think of the wisdom that 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 Billy comes forth with out of out of the next dimension. So it was all such an interesting journey. How long did this go on? Well, the book covers a two and a half year period. 
but of his visitations. Of his visitations, but it, you know he's still around. And um, oh, I was going to ask that question. Okay, good. He's still around. Yeah, he's still around. And um, but it took a longer time. It took about five years to put the whole book together. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, he's he's still around. Um, but he's not dictating like he was at that time because I'm not ready to do that. And, and he's respectful of that at this, at this moment, at least. (laughs) (laughs) Well, does he want to do another book or is he, you know, doesn't he have something else to do over there? (laughs) Well, that's a great (laughs) question because... People wonder about that, and the thing about the other side is you can be in more than one place at a time. So, you know, you could be on one level helping, you know, writing a book to help enlighten people. Then, but then, really, the the interesting thing is that death is really um, an evolutionary journey where we Mm. change and we grow and we shift and, and and we do this because we, we we receive this remarkable divine love and that kind of love is transformational and that kind of love is not really available to us from other people exactly it's a, <laughs> it's 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 a much more uh compassionate far reaching kind of love and it, it's it's I, I think of death as being a birth to another level. A hundred percent, yeah. He, he calls you know. it. You know, when he first dies, he goes up a tunnel of um. He doesn't call it a tunnel, a chamber of chamber. light, mm-hmm. yep. and he says it's like a cosmic birthing canal into a new life, and the new life is really a very divine universe where you're consciously always aware that the divine is real because of the way that the light is different there than it is here. You perceive the light as a divine medium and you know the divine presence. Here, we struggle with that, right? You know, Mm -hmm. not everybody, but most of us, you know, we're human beings. Is there God? That's a great question. What exists beyond this? And we're supposed to go through those kind of searches, but once you once you die, you have no more question about the existence of what we would call God. Right, because you're part of it. You're part of it. You're part you're of it. As much as people think that's sacred, not. As much as people think, you just cut out for a minute. Most of people think that, you know, you are God is a sacrilege. It, it really is not because we are all a part of source, spirit, God, whatever you want, a semantics of it's We're all part, so we are all that. Yes, and, and I believe that that's one of the reasons, experiences that many of us have were kind of seen as weird or, you know, you're far out there and kind of looked down upon sometimes by religion because once you really connect to that, you can just be spiritual. You don't you don't need a lot of accoutrements and people telling you what right. to do. You, you just have like a direct experience. 
and for a lot of different reasons, you know, some some forces on Earth, let's say, you know, want to prevent us from having that direct experience because then they lose control. So that so that's why sometimes people are really afraid to come forward with these experiences because oh, you're a kook, you know. I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to be the <laughs> you know. God forbid, I'm going to be the woman now who who wrote a book with her dead brother. No way. So, you know, it took it, it took a lot of convincing and controlling from from my brother to get me to actually do this. Yeah, but the book's doing really well. So, don't you think it's kind of cool right now because I thought it was wicked cool. It is. It's wild. I mean, I, you know, <laughs> whoever expected that there there'd be this book that's doing so well and that, you know, the the emails I get every day, this book that changed my life completely and you know, oh my god, I was so depressed and I, you know, I read the book and now I I understand myself and Billy helped me so much like and you know, I feel Billy. I know Billy was around. You know, it's like but I'm I to be quite honest, I'm a, kind of removed from it. It's it's a strange, it's a very strange experience for me to be honest, because I don't totally identify with it. Because mm-hmm. I feel like you know it was really written for everybody. Yes, it was. It, you know, was uh, there came a point where like I really did not want to do this. You'll see in the book, you know, my evolution to like, oh, I'm going to yeah. pretend it's a novel. Oh, you know, don't pretend it's a novel. And then I wouldn't tell anybody about it. And then, you know, there were every time the situation came up where I told somebody about it, it turned out they just had a loved one who died and they felt like I was a messenger mm-hmm. and I really changed their grief experience and you know, it culminated in this gigantic uh, meeting with someone who who had death all around him, and 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 you know, it changed his life palpably. And I, I just felt like I did not have the right to not publish this and bring this information forward. It just didn't belong to me. And I agree with you because. I've read. I mean, I read a book a week for this show. I've read a lot of other books. There's a lot of great books out there on past lives, on what happens when we pass, on you know the afterlife. Talking to grief counselors, working in a hospice situation, as I do. Wow. You know, mm-hmm. there's an awful lot. However, when I read your book, there is a shift that occurs. There is most definitely a shift that occurs. I know, as I was reading the book, I was like, huh. I, don't, I can't put my finger on it, but I knew something changed and my perspective was different. And, you know, sometimes we're given information over and over and over again and we don't get it until we get it. And then that you can be, it's like these are the people who are doing the foundation and then somebody says something and that's the pivot person. And this book was a pivot in a way for me in, in I don't even know what. I just know I'm a little bit different. The There were a couple of things that, I didn't necessarily like about his journey. He seemed to have an awful lot of solitary time, and I'm like, well, we're all the people. <laughs> you know, I like people. Yeah, can I address that? I'd love yes, to address please that. Do. <laughs> okay, yeah, because you know, sometimes people say things like, "Well, aren't I?" You know, because Billy, he dies, and he's he's in a, this universe of love and light. So people say, "Gee, you know." Aren't I, I want to meet my relatives. 
I don't, you know, I don't want to go into a universe of love and light. I want to meet my relatives. And, and I'm like, of course you will. But Billy, what's different about his journey is that it's his last incarnation and he's going off to another level. And what I think people don't understand is that alone time. He, he has a lot of alone time. He's not really alone. He's in the presence of the divine, which is not at all alone. It's just that there are no, quote, people there. But he is in bliss and love and filled with love and light and bliss. There's, he's not, it's not like he says in the book, something like, I'm alone, but it's a good alone. It's not like be alone on earth. And right. so, you know, all the love of your family, all the love that you've ever known is in that next level, but even concentrated more. So it's not like we think of alone. Mm. Yeah, because that was just like, okay, it took him a year to get through one process, and you know, and then he was starting a new process, and he had the guide Joseph to help him, and you know, to 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 work with him at on a certain level, and that was kind of cool because you know, it's like, oh, at least he has a buddy to talk to, you know. <laughs> right, but the, but, <laughs> but the light that was around him, and and he does say, you know, there are invisible higher beings around him. And I guess because I had the actual experience, he was so much in bliss. He was so full. There was nothing he was missing. You know, we're we're thinking of alone with the human consciousness. Yeah. He's like, I'm alone. I'm everything. I'm filled with light. It's like, it's kind of like the alone that you would be if you were in the presence of God. It's not really Mm. alone. So I'm so glad you brought that up. Well, and I get it on that level, but then there's the human side that says, but what about the fun? What about hanging with people? What about, you know, going to a movie? <laughs> you know, well, I you think you do that, that on, like, on the super level, which he, you know, he there's one chapter devoted to, like, the first level um, yeah. where you go to where you see your family and your pets and, you know, you do all those nice things that we think are just the most fulfilling, wonderful things that you could possibly be. And I I think that's where a lot of near-death experiencers go to or a lot of psychics go to. But this is like beyond that level. You know, and maybe in our mind that we think of that as less, but it's just more and more and more and more. You know, until he's actually reunited with his with his soul tribe, and I mean, it's just yeah, yeah. When you think about some of the concepts with your mind, yeah, it's you different can. than when you read it <laughs> and you're experiencing it. Yes, oh, I'm quite sure it must be. Yes, you know, but he does ask you at the very end of the book, you know, to please play this role for me. Be the Shaharas out of my posthumous journey, you know? Um, I know. And, You're telling me <laughs> I'm very... I'm very <laughs> and you still hear from him, and it's not via, you know, U.S. post or email, not snail mail, not email, not texting. You know, you get a direct line. <laughs> I I do. And um, he he fools around a lot. He, mm-hmm. he, he fools around with me a lot and... and 
because I'm a kind of a serious girl. And he's like, you know what, lighten up a little. It's it's not all that serious. Have a little more fun. And he's actually taught me to have a little bit more fun, be a little less well, intense. Well, that's You need to do that. <laughs> you you need do. You have that in life. Yes, absolutely. Because life you is know, very, but very then short, again, you know? I have all the responsibility of, you know, getting the book published, getting the book out there. He, right, you know, there's right. a very funny thing. You know, he's drifting around having a great time, and I, you know, sure. I'm doing the laundry, so... He's the supervisor, yeah. <laughs> he gets to play that role and point a finger, and you can do all the work. Oh, well, thank you, Billy. Exactly. You know, I, you know, I applaud him for for getting you motivated enough to do this and to be strong enough to do this because I really do think it's a message that a lot of people will get different messages from, truly different messages from. Yes, and everybody gets something different. And can I can I say something very, very personal that I don't sure. think I've ever shared before? I think that that my reluctance as those who are close to me, that's the word they use, I think my reluctance was an important part of me being the one bringing the message because if I was like really into it and running everywhere and talking about it and, you know, into my ego, like, Oh, look at this, you know, it would, it would really change it. It would lose a lot. It would lose a lot. And the fact that I like hide out and don't want to, you know, go all over the world speaking and teaching people things that I don't really know how to teach them. And, you know, I think it, it, it adds some authenticity to the mix. Absolutely. Whenever right. you have anything, you know, I mean, as an energy therapist, when people are like, oh, you healed me, it's like, look, I don't heal anyone. I never have. I never mm. will. Nobody does. Mm-hmm. You heal yourself. I'm just a conduit. The minute you put your ego in, something changes, and you can't. You can't allow the ego to get in the way because the, the energy won't flow as well, and your energy wouldn't have flown as well in the right direction to make this what it is because the words on the page in the book that I have and the words on the page of two or three other people I know who have this book are exactly the same. Did we all get the same thing out of it? No, we all got something different. So each book is written pretty much for each person who reads it. It's I don't amazing, think that isn't happened. it? Yeah, it is, but I don't think that would have happened if your ego was in the way. It would have been just another book. There's a big difference. Right. I mean, that that blows me away, too. Like, people have real spiritual experiences, and I understand it because while he was talking to me, I was having a spiritual experience. So what's so exciting to me is that people are having these shifts and changes because I think there's some kind of light in the words, not my words, but mm-hmm. there, 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 there's something going on with it that makes it, you know, not the normal book. And then also, you know, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes people like, you know, they question me or, or they'll say like, oh, you know, like you're just doing this for the money. Well, they should only know what an author makes. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> that's, that's number one. And number two, to be perfectly honest, I would be terrified to put out information like this that wasn't true. Like, who, what kind of a person would perpetrate a hoax on humanity about something this important? Not me. <laughs> so. You know, I think that my hesitation 
and my wanting him to prove to me that I hadn't just gone crazy was a really important part of the whole deal. It is, and you explain that very well in the book that you know you needed the proof. I'm a I need the proof girl too. So that I liked that part. But I think when you're talking about you don't know what it is about the words, I think it's the energy. It's not just an author putting word to paper, which is typical, but in their own energy. You didn't just have your energy. You had your energy, the energy of your brother, but you also had the energy of his new energy, the divine. So all of this came together to make this book, which is why I think when people read it, they each get different messages and get something different out of it. Of course, it depends upon the stage in their life as well. But I think right. no, the I, energy that they're picking up, yeah. I agree. And that's why sometimes, you know, when people ask me if I'm going to do something else or write another book, which is not out of the question, it's like, you don't understand what I went through to write this book. This, this wasn't like, you know, I hired a ghostwriter and or, you know, I sat down. And this was like really intense isolation. And it was almost like having a near-death experience over and over and over again, right? Because he would talk and I would go up and then I'd be down and then I'd be, where am I? How can I pay my bills? You know, it, it was just so intense that um, I'm just not sure what's something will happen next. There'll be mm-hmm. something, but I, you know, I have to be ready for whatever it is. And I don't know what the, it will be. Well, and that's what life's all about. Now, let me ask you this. You <laughs> are, good. You, you, <laughs> you connect with Billy. He connects to you. He gives you messages. Do you find that, because of that, you are able to, are you more psychic? Are you able, do you get messages from other people on the other side? Or is it strictly Billy is communicating with you? Well, I do not. I mean, my mom, my mom died after Billy. And I think my experience of my mother and my contact with my mother is more like the normal contact somebody has with someone on the other side. Like I feel her presence occasionally. I will dream of her. I feel her around. I feel her love. As far as connecting with anyone else's relatives, mm-hmm. I would very much not like to do that. Oh, okay, I, and that's why you're not. Okay, yeah. You know, no, I, that's not any place I would like to go to. Okay, all right. Because that just all. seemed to me that would be like, okay, well, this seems like it would be once you open – you can pretty much open up to anything if you want to. But if you don't, then you stop the flow and you won't. So there you go. <laughs> well, I think if I if I open to anything, it's higher levels of myself. Yes. Right? Because, it, you know, we're not like ourself. Our soul is not completely incarnated. We have many levels to us. So I'm definitely open to different levels of myself. Um, and I would say that, you know, Billy tries to train me to be more psychic. Like people think that I could ask him anything. He never answer. He never really tells me too much about my own life because he doesn't really mm-hmm. want to interfere, but like, he'll do things like, okay, if I'm thinking about the future or what I want to do, he'll say things like, well, what can you see and what can't you see? That's how he kind of teaches me to be psychic. 
Like, can mm-hmm. you see that happening? Well, then maybe that has a chance of it happening. If you can't see something happening at all, it probably is not going to happen. So, you know, we do our little games and our little training, and, you know, maybe one day I'll pass some of that along. Um, mm-hmm. I think yes. you, you kind of hit the nail on the head when you said that he he gives you, you know, information that you can utilize but doesn't fill you in because he can't interfere. He just can't. And so he's he's just giving you whatever you need at that moment in time. Yes, and and there was a time this summer where I asked him to please give me a lot more space, and he did. You know, and you have to understand he's my brother, he's my bad boy brother. You know, we 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 would fight a lot sometimes too. I mean, yeah. you know, he would want me to do things that I didn't really want to do. Even in the book, I talk about it. You know, go tell this person that. Well, what am I right. going to tell them, Billy? I'm getting a message from my dead brother. You know, so today you it's could. Not... Nobody would. They'd be like, okay, what? <laughs> <laughs> There's too many TV shows about it. <laughs> right. You know, so it's been every day. It's 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 another it's another thing. But I think what he what he teaches me is that. The difficult things, use them to make you stronger. Like, I feel like I'm so much stronger than I was at the beginning of this journey because I think he wants us all to look through our own eyes, to become our own masters, our own teachers, because we're only going to have us forever, and right. he teaches you, right, to to really rely on yourself, to develop your judgment, to develop your own vision, and don't listen to everybody else's rules because that'll lead you in the wrong direction. So right. uh, he trains me in that in that regard, and that comes through in the book as well, because as a reader, when you're reading it, you know that you are definitely connecting to your higher self, and you immediately or I immediately started thinking, okay, I need to do more of that. I'm I'm pretty good about going with my gut, but now I really have to pay more attention. And so you do. So it is a learning thing as well. I can't believe we're almost at the top of the hour. And I want to thank you so much for joining us here on Energy Awareness Radio. But before we go, would you please tell our listeners how they can learn more about you and where they can purchase your book? Yes. The Afterlife of Billy Fingers, How My Bad Boy Brother Proved to Me in His Life After Death. It's on Amazon. It's in Barnes & Noble for the holidays. Um, iTunes, it's an e-book. Um, please go to my Facebook page, Afterlife of Billy Fingers. We have his quotes with these lovely pictures, and people get a lot of enjoyment out of the page. And uh, come 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 to the Billy party. You'll uh you might really enjoy yourself. <laughs> I'm sure people will. I'd like to ask you to just hold on the line a little bit. I'm gonna do the outro and then I'll put you in the green room. I'd like to talk to you just for a second if that's okay. Can you do that for me? Yeah, no problem. Thank you. So listeners, we need you to spread the word. We know you enjoy what you hear on Energy Awareness Radio, so share it with your friends. You know, we live in a very challenging and constantly changing world, and that's why I have the guests that I do, to keep you apprised so that you won't get lost in the dross of life. 
We need to stay aware so we can navigate easily and live the life we are meant to live productively, healthfully, and purposefully. And this is where you find the tools to do just that. So send the link to this show that you just heard to everyone you know and let them have the same opportunity that you just had so they can learn and grow and make the world a better place for all. On behalf of everyone here at Energy Awareness Radio, I'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. My name is T. Love, and I hope you'll be back next week for another great show. For more information about me, please visit my website, quantumwellness.org. Check out my two CDs, The Healing Sounds of Christmas, Quartz Crystal Heart, brand new instrument. Only five of us in the world own it. Check that out. Imagine Quartz Crystal Singing Bowl Healing Music, also on my website. Follow me on Twitter at NRG Aware Radio. I am your host, T. Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio, intending you and yours a most wonderful week. Remember, living from your heart is quite easy. You need only give thanks to do so. Take care and stay well. It was a pleasure. It was really a fun show. In a way, I was fresh because I wasn't expecting it. (laughs) I thought you did great, and I I think it was great that we we made it, uh, you know, we blended on the blizzard. No problem there. I don't have a problem with that. (laughs) Okay, well, T, thank you so much. Thank you very much. You have a wonderful holiday season. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye.